Lead, lead, lead. What is happening? Welcome to Working Hours, a show about a place called Leeds, a time called Now, and an activity called Work. Working Hours wants to record 1,000 loiners over the course of this, the most important decade in the history of the human species, and ask them what they do all day and hear how they feel about it. My name is Simon, and this is all my fault. What did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, that's difficult. I mean, a lot of firefighters I've spoken to have, have said they all, they've always wanted to be a firefighter ever since uh, ever since we were a kid. And that, that wasn't true. I mean, bizarrely, my thing with dinosaurs, and, and I wanted to uh, go where... I think, I think it was just the overseas travel that I was more interested in, you know, <laughs> going to uh, far-flung places with a, with a little uh, trowel in my hand and, and, and sitting in the field for, for weeks on end. Uh, so that, that that so that was my that was my uh, ambition. But then, as I was growing up, here, I realised that I actually probably needed to be a lot more academic than than what I naively I just thought it was just people sat in a field speaking <laughs> about. Um, I, I didn't realise that I actually probably needed an education uh, for this sort of thing. So uh, so that quickly uh, dropped off the radar. Yeah. So did you did you not fancy continuing in education? What, how long did you stay in? What, what was your... Yeah, I, I'm um, I'm I'm a son of a miner, uh, so uh, eighty four. Um, I was forty. My, my dad and two uncles all worked down the same pit, um, and, and as a fourteen year old boy, seeing seeing what was happening around me, um, I got sort of kicked back at, at establishment in the hall, really. I got the impression <clears throat> that um, although there was, you know, there were pockets of support and that support was immense, mm. I, I got the impression that the state didn't really care about me as a as, as a kid growing up. weren't I bothered about my uh, my sort of progression into adult life and, and my job prospects, uh, and and that was it. So from some eighty four uh, till I left in eighty six. Um, School took a bit of a kicking from me, and, uh, and that was that was my only way of of showing the state that I didn't like what you were doing to my community. So I'm not going to engage with, with you. Mm. Uh, so as soon as I left, well, I left as soon as I could, um, which meant skipping quite a few of my exams. So uh, yeah, that 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 went downhill rapidly. Too <laughs> far, yeah. <laughs> What what did you kind of start with? Did, when did you start working? What was the sort of first thing you went into? Yeah, I, I was, I, again, I was a I was a confused youngster. I um, in my final two years at school, I, I wanted to do metal work for for one of me um, my, my O levels, my GCSEs, yeah. and um, and and, I, and the only, I think the only reason why was that it were a lot warmer in the metal work. Uh, room because of the forges being on anywhere, anywhere else. <laughs> so, so, uh, so uh, I chose I chose metalwork. Then part of my work experience so when I went for the interview for my work experience, uh, they said, "Well, you you couldn't be, you like doing stuff with your hands. Mm. What do you want to do?" I said, well, "Is he is he any forges knocking yeah. about?" Uh, no, none of those. But have, have you thought about? Joinery, 
So I thought, no, but I'll, I'll give it a bash. Um, so I went off on my three weeks work experience, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> again, we, of that generation, as soon as you left at 16, if you were lucky enough to get a job, great, but mm. most of us were, were given the, uh, YTS, the youth training scheme. Mm. Uh, and that was me. I was on, I was on that. I stayed on the same placement for two years. Mm. Uh, and then at 18, when my YTS finished, um, I was grateful that the, the joinery firm took me on. So, um, so from 16 to 27. Uh, I, I was a I was a joiner, benchine joiner, making shops and bars and you know, all sorts of stuff. You're listening to episode 50, and to my guest David Williams, this is another Zoom interview recorded on the 19th of May 2022. We need to end fossil fuels now. That's a fact. We need to work less, sell less, buy less and consume less. We need to do less and have a better quality of life. That's my statement. This isn't just content to me. This is an endeavour. It is something ambitious with ambitious intent and I need support with it. I need guests. I need listeners and I need backers. If you can help this mission to try to map out what we did as our time on climate change ran out, then please do so in any way that you can. Thank you. Here's a little disclaimer before we crack on. My intros and outros do not represent the views or opinions of any guests on this show at any time, nor is anything said in these intros and outros a comment on my guests, unless it is specifically stated otherwise by me to be the case. I ask all my guests to provide me with short bios that I use to introduce them on their episode and in creating my show notes. I write everything in these intros and outros and in any marketing material. What you hear here is my fault, just me, as are the questions in these interviews. Guests are given an opportunity to remove anything that they would like to from their interviews before I publish their episodes. Guests are not given an opportunity to influence what is said or presented by me in my intros or outros, nor do they have final cut of their interview. Hello, loves. Welcome back to Radio 4 from Hell. So it's been over a month since I dropped a new episode. Part of the reason for that has been the month itself. Last month, August used to be the slow news month. Not anymore. And part of the reason has been my nemesis, the intros. Honestly, worrying about what I will say or thinking about what I should say or could say or whatever... There has been so much for me to lose my shit over. Anyway, here we are at 50 episodes. Wow, 5% of the way in 20% of the set time. So let's waste no more time now. David Williams is the Yorkshire and Humberside Regional Secretary of the Fire Brigades Union. David didn't send me a biotech, so I'm going to let you find out as we go on through the episode. I won't be back at the end of this episode. I wanted to do something for the 50th episode, and I have done something in line with my recent thoughts about work, which is do less, not more. So no outro this episode. I'm back to weekly publishing on Mondays again, and next week's episode should even be out on time. There's some cracking interviews coming up for you too, so do stay tuned, as they say. Okay, so do the rate, follow, review, donate, share, and if your leads, come on the show. But right now, 
please enjoy this 50th episode of the Working Hours podcast with David Williams. So what is it you're doing now then? Well, from uh, 27, I joined the fire service and I uh, had applied previously. So I lived in Doncaster, uh, then moved to Tadcaster. So I applied in, I, I applied in, in South Yorkshire and uh, I failed my fitness test. And then I applied in North Yorkshire and I got through to the last 18 and they were only looking for 12 uh, and I, I, I weren't fortunate enough with that. So I applied for West Yorkshire. Um, and at that time, the process took two years. So mm. I was in the process for two years. So I must have applied when I was 25 because uh, I joined when I was, I was 27 um, and then became an, an operational firefighter. So, I mean, applying in each region, that's pretty dedicated. So you must have, you know, like what, what was it that you suddenly went firefighting? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, Sam, to be honest with you. I, I don't know if it was, I don't know if London's burning were on at the time, you know, whether I got caught up in all that emotion. I, again, none of my families are firefighters. You know, my dad weren't in, in the miners' rescue. Um, yeah, I don't have any friends who are firefighters. Uh, so I'm, I'm I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was quite a, it was quite a career change from being stood at a bench with a bit of timber, making it into this to going out and actively helping and supporting other people. Mm. I, I, I think the, the shift system was really attractive. You work two days, two nights, and then four days off. So, mm. uh, so that was really um, attractive. We, we had a young, a young daughter at the time. She was, well, she was four when I applied. So mm. I saw the benefits in that work-life balance. Yeah. And I, and I was working long, long arduous hours as a journeyman. Uh, so I, I think there were some of that as well. But yeah, I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, to be honest mm. with you. Having a young child, did you never sort of think, oh, that could be a bit risky there? No, I never. Um, <laughs> no, I yeah, I, and again, I don't know if it was part of uh, part of me growing up thinking that I, I were invincible. You know, I'd gone mm. through it a minor strike in '84 mm. for a year, and I left school with nothing. But here I am, 27, with my own home and loving mm. family. So I don't know if it was some of that bravado, you know, that male toxicity if you if you want thinking that i am invincible and you know, I'm put a breathing apparatus set on my back and the helmet on and uh, everything will bounce off me so no it, it didn't even it, it didn't even register uh, if i were to be honest with you i i, I well i was saying it didn't even happen i don't know myself but <laughs> I, it, it weren't it, it weren't a, a preventative thing to, to like I say, I applied in three different brigades. Yeah. The only one I didn't apply for were, were homicide. So, um, yeah, no, it didn't even cross my mind, I don't think. Mm. So, um, right, take us, take us through the journey then, like sort of going into it and training and like what's, what's, what's the average day like? What's it actually like sort of day to day being a firefighter then? Yeah, sure. Um, so in in ninety seven when when I joined 
um, the, 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 the course was a residential course. So, uh, I shipped out Monday morning, went through to Birkinshaw, um, just on the outskirts of Bradford, where Firestead's headquarters is in West Yorkshire. Uh, and there was a, a dormitory, uh, with, with all the male firefighters and the female firefighters had the, their own separate dormitory, of course. Um, and, and that was it. We was, we was tied in Monday to Friday, uh, we're very regimented. Um, we were expected to have short hair. We were expected to have a sideboard to cut uh, above his ears. Uh, we marched everywhere. Very, very, uh, of its time, very, yeah. very disciplined, very regimented. We had a, uh, a peaked hat that we had to wear if we were out outdoors mm. and we took it off when we were indoors um very very regimented that's changed a bit and uh, you know, thankfully over the last over the last 20 years but so that that was and i think it still is to this day a 13-week course although it's not residential anymore mm. so it, it's a 30-week course and you go in and not not understanding uh the mechanisms of fire and rescue and all the rest of that sort of say so it's quite a steep learning curve uh, mm. your fitness levels need to be above average um and you need to maintain them and and, and even now we work on the it's a technical term but it's it's about your oxygenated blood so it's 42 42 vo2 max so it is quite a high level of um aerobic capacity that firefighters expected to have and still and still need now it, it, we've gone away you, you, you may have seen them yourself uh the firefighter magazine where there is all these huge great big blokes and, yeah yeah that, that's that's not the case anymore it, 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 we were sort of going away from that and there's very few firefighters in the service uh, that are, are as built as that now. Um, mm. it's, it is about aerobic capacity. Mm. You need a certain level of strength, of course you do, mm. uh, but you don't need to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So, um, so you th do your 13 week course, uh, then you have a pass out parade, your family come up and, and see you and it's all, uh, again, very regimented, but it's a very, uh, uh it's a very proud day. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. if that's your bag. Yeah. You're going to love it. Uh, yeah. For me, it was just another process. It was. No. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, there might be a theme here where you buy it. I'm a bit grumpy. Um, uh, all I wanted to do was get out to the planet station and I needed to get from A to Z. And if I have to pass through B, C, D, E, yeah, so be it. Mm. Conform with all that. Mm. Uh, and did and, and, and so. Uh, did the pass out pray the chief yes well done you, on you go and then you get chipped, chipped off to your station mm. you, you get put on a watch in most stations it's four watches blue red white green um uh, and, and then you you settle in it takes you two or three years to become the competent firefighter mm. uh, and then you get the competency rates of pay uh, and you you quickly get absorbed into that team structure and um, right. you quickly feel like you're part of a small family it, it, mm. it it's, it's difficult to say without sounding too 
cheesy, but um, there's there's some real benefits in the watch based structure that uh, that the fire service currently have. Mm. Yeah, I mean, is it easy to sort of slot into that, or does it take some some adjusting? Yeah, it, it can be. Yeah, it it can be difficult. Um, and again, if you've got a uh, a particular characteristic, and I'm not talking about the nine characteristics in in the Equalities Act, but if if there is something slightly, uh, if you're on uh, some sort of spectrum, or if uh, if even if you've got red hair, uh, it, it it can be quite daunting about going onto a watch mm. that is still pretty much ninety percent white male. Yeah, uh, and um, uh, and still have certain uh, views, uh, 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 and uh, I hate using the word, so I'm going to put it in <laughs> banter. Um, so, so there is still an element of that, but uh, I, I, for instance, we I I was on the same watch for 15 years. Blue Watch at a fire station called Stanks in, in East Leeds. It's no longer there. They closed um, uh, about 10 years ago. So I, I was there 15 years on the same watch. We were set in our ways. Uh, I was quite a, uh, I, I, was, I was more liberal <laughs> than some of the others, but some of the others were about to retire. We got a new watch manager come onto station. He had red hair. Uh, it was a big lad, mm. and he came down. and He says, "I'm going to introduce myself to you. This is who I am. This is how long I've been in job. This is the stations I've been to, uh, uh, and these are the things I find acceptable. Mm. Say all you like about me, but don't talk about my red hair because I'm going to get annoyed with you." And that was it. It was it was off the table. We knew where we were, and. Uh, uh, and there was other um, elements of banter uh, mm. between the firefighters and the watch manager. Mm. But again, that takes a strong individual. And if you're not a strong individual to say, look, you know, don't take Mickey out me lazy. Or, you, you know, if you're not yeah. capable of doing that, it's, it's going to be, it, it, it could be difficult. And um, so we, so the unions, the union plays a, a a strong role in that um, advocacy, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is it is it still quite highly unionised in the fire brigade? Yeah, I've, I've not seen any other works that plays. I mean, I, apart from the NUM in 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 eighty four, mm. I started getting politically active in eighty four. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> you would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the, the poll tax, uh, and the, uh, I, I really did in, in 97 when I joined the, the fire service. I, I'm trying to remember, I'm, cause I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'm not perhaps sure there's a bit of research. It, it may have been a closed shop at that time, but I'm, I'm not quite sure when that legislation came in to say that it's not. So if it was a closed shop. Everybody who joined the fire service had to join the union. Mm. 
I don't think it was. So I think that legislation come in and stopped that practice from happening before. The way I joined, and it's still the case now, I would suggest in West Yorkshire that 85% of all firefighters in West Yorkshire are members of the FBU. Mm. Um, the density of our union is like no other sector. Mm. Uh, the teachers is probably, you know, the teach, but the teachers are two big unions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly at least two. Um, yeah. But our density in our sector is like no other union. So absolutely we are, um, yeah, we, we, we punch well above its weight, but that's because of our, our, our unity, uh, that that's what gives us our mm. strength. So I normally, like, I want to take people back through this. It's kind of fallen off the, off the, the news agenda, uh, but it's still sort of ongoing and it seems like we've kind of all wanted to forget about it. So I think it's kind of important to kind of go back, but I, I also think, you know, looking at that through the lens of work. So, um, as we were going into lockdown or when we went into lockdown, was there a huge change in how you were working, when you were working, what you were doing? Yeah. Just take us through that experience. I perhaps need to go back a little bit because I, I me personally, mm -hmm. uh, although I'm still a uh, operational firefighter and I still work for West Yorkshire Fire and Rescue, I'm a full-time union official. Mm -hmm. So I've been the Yorkshire number side regional secretary for Fire Brigade's union for the last four years. And before that, I was the brigade secretary in West Yorkshire for uh, six years. So I, it's called being off the pumps. So I've been off the pump for, for 10 years. So my experience with lockdown is probably a lot less interesting than being a firefighter's experience of, oh. of, of lockdown. My experience was pretty much the same as every office worker. Mm. Uh, please don't go into office if you can. Um, and then please, you're not going into office. Uh, so, so, so that, that's me in a nutshell. The, 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 the firefighters were, was slightly different. A lot of our, our work is, uh, is engagement, is engagement with the public about fire safety. So whether it's visiting schools to speak children uh, about the danger of the fireworks or uh, burning rubbish or uh, um, we even do stuff on uh, certainly for, for the older kids uh, we do stuff about uh, driving responsibly so whether it's that whether it's going into people's homes to speak about fire safety so, so that a lot of our engagement or whether it's you know a, a school fair or a fete or one of the so a lot of our work is, is involved around that. Um, and, and again, because we work together as a, as a unit, uh, that can be as small as five on a, on a, on a one pump station, or a station that's only got one fire engine, or it, it could be nine or 10 on a, a, a fire station we, we, we took. So we, we work together, we eat together, um, we sleep together. Um, it, obviously in dorms, um, <laughs> although there has been an element of that as well in the first thing. Well, they're always uh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's people, you put them together. Yeah. yeah. 
their relationships are going to fall on. So it, it, it was quite, um, it was quite awkward uh, initially for firefighters who had that close engagement with each other. Sat around having the breakfast on, on mm. around the same table. Sat around having the lunch. Uh, sat around having the supper or whatever it is. Mm. Drilling, you know, doing exercises and training and, mm. and drilling in close proximity to each other. Uh, it, it were very, it were very awkward. Um, you tried to maintain social distancing, trying to keep everything clean, mm. masks. So. That side of it was awkward. The, the the one thing that happened almost immediately was that um, all external engagement stopped. Yeah. So uh, our 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 fire safety messages uh, didn't get out there. So mm. we're speaking smoke detectors, uh, speaking to people about dangerous chip plan um, and safe exit. Mm. It just never happened. Mm. Uh, so that was that was awkward, and I I, I don't know. Um, but I'll have to check as well what happened with with fire deaths during that period. Yeah, I was going to say, was there an increase in cause, decrease in fire? Like, I mean, with more people being at home, hopefully they're less tired, so they're paying more attention, so it happens less often. Or, but you don't know, do you? <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> everyone's locked indoors, panicking, <laughs> maybe you know, doing foolish things. So, yeah, and, and you know. He, all I saw was visions of um, busy mums, predominantly mm. Mm. trying to look after maybe two children, trying to uh, school whilst uh, trying to log on and, and do emails, whilst trying to you know do 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 the kids' lunch, mm. just trying to do so much that that's yeah. when accidents can happen. So so. Uh, I, I don't know about activity level, um, whether it increased or decreased. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait to see what the figures show mm. with that and if if there was any sort of peak. Um, so that so that wor was a worry. And then the uh, the union, uh, along with our national employers, um, agreed initially to do eleven extra roles. So. Firefighters role map is quite wide as it is. Fire and rescue, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you you've you probably seen stuff about firefighters attending terrorist incidents, water rescue, um, kids with their hats stuck in railings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have had a couple of those. Uh, lion rescue. So it is quite wide. Lion rescue. Lion. No, sorry, not lion. lion. <laughs> Like, right, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going, like, yeah, I'm not letting that go. <laughs> lion. <laughs> yeah. We've got a scoop there. Yeah, we do lion rescues. Uh, yeah, so the abseiling stuff. So yeah. we, we, yeah, we yeah. do all that as well. Uh, and then, so we, we introduced these these other elements. Mm. Uh, and that some of it was when they set up the Nightingale hospitals, some of it was our, our blue light drivers would drive ambulances. Mm. Uh, some of it was just about uh, uh, patient transport. Some of it was about delivering food, um, mm. medicines. So it, during the, the lockdown period, the role of a firefighter changed quite significantly. Mm. Uh, 
some of the role of the firefighter, it just included um, chaperoning cars to car parking spaces while they got the vaccinations. Yeah. So, so quite, it, 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 it widened quite quickly. Uh, yeah. And, and that was, it was generally welcomed by the public mm. um, and, and generally welcomed by, um, by firefighters as well. They thought they were doing their bit. Mm. We had, we had the FBU negotiated, um, real health and safety measures, uh, yeah. you know, that they had to be tested before they came back onto the fires, into the fire ground or into the fire station and all sorts of stuff. So although our work increased, uh, exponentially, uh, our, our rates, our death rate of, of operational firefighters were really, really minimal. Yeah. Uh, again, that was in my eyes and you'd expect me to say this was a trade union official, but in my eyes, that was down to the, the safeguards that we put in place before we agreed to do yeah. our additional work around. Yeah. I mean, that, which kind of should be the case as well. I mean, it should be the people on the ground that are giving the information and sort of feeding back up and. You know, it's it, it should be up and down communication always. You know, because you need to know what's happening on the front line, and you know, you you need that information at the back, and then the people on the front line need that direction from the top. It's like, well, where are we going with this? What's this all leading to? So, I think that's really important to have those channels working. I'll go back into this first. So, just with with you yourself personally, in in the lockdown, I mean, did you initially find were you like furloughed well first of all who's so who is your employee you're not council employed are you government employed or is it county council or like what's what's that map like obviously it's, it's different for you in the union but i mean as a fire for firefighters sure. so if you're a firefighter working for west Yorkshire fire and rescue uh that's run by the authority um and the authority currently are uh, elected councillors that uh, that come from the five districts, so Kirklees, Calderdale, Bradford, yeah. Leeds, and Wakefield, yeah. come from there, a, a range of parties, uh, a range of, of, of those local authorities come together uh, and, and form the fire authority. And I think there is, I think there's 21 councillors from those five districts in West Yorkshire that make up the fire authority. Mm. The fire authority are our supreme employers. I'm employed by the fire authority. Mm -hmm. um, the chief is employed by the fire authority. So, so we all work for West Yorkshire, but our employers are, 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 are the, the fire authority, these elected councillors, and they make uh, the decisions about how the fire service runs. In Greater Manchester, um, Andy Burnham, the mayor for Manchester, He's got overall responsibility for the fire service. Mm. Um, I can give it Mark. It's not much of a scope, but I can tell you yesterday, Simon, uh, the government have introduced a white paper. So reforming our fire and rescue services. It's a white paper that's gone for, for consultation that went out yesterday. In that, they have made no beef about it that they want one single local employer in North Yorkshire. So for West Yorkshire, we've got a fire authority. So it's councillors from across parties come together, make decisions on how the fire service is run. 
how many staff we need, how many operational firefighters we need, how many fire engines, yada, yada, yada. In Greater Manchester, it's Andy Burnham, the mayor. Uh, we, we, I sort of expected Tracy Braben to take, um, take ownership of the fire service. Uh, she got rid of the police and crime commissioner. So I, I half expected Tracy Braben to take ownership of Westridge fire. She hasn't, she's, and, and I don't think she's any interest. So fire authority of West Yorkshire, mayor in Greater Manchester, Andy Burnham, mm-hmm. North Yorkshire, they've got a police and crime commissioner. So, um, what the, uh, government before Boris Johnson, I think it might've been Theresa May, it might've been David Cameron, David Cameron, um, wanted police and crime commissioners to take ownership of mm. the fire service as well. Some, uh, police and crime commissioners put business case together to do or so. Some never, some weren't interested. Uh, in West Yorkshire, Mark Burns Williamson, who used to be the crime commissioner, weren't bothered. So it's that fire authority can deal with it. So in North Yorkshire, the, the, the Supreme employee in North Yorkshire is the police and crime commissioner. That white paper has categorically said the government's, um, direction of travel is to get rid of fire authorities. We want one person, whether it's a mayor, police and crime commissioner, or a and other that will speak to the chief, uh, about the direction. And again, beyond the knowledge that one person will be, will be electable. So to not making the right decisions, they will be removed from office if, if the public want them removed. So we're in a state of flux. I think that was a long answer for a pretty straightforward question, Sam, and apologize. It's not really a very straightforward question though, is it? Because I mean, it's not like, uh, yeah, does this person owns the shop and we sell the stuff? It's yeah. like, I mean, you know, how do you, how do you get paid for fighting, for fighting fire? Well, you know, you can't charge people when the house is burnt down. <laughs> no, not yet. We can't, but uh, it's, it's... Might be in the white paper. Well, uh, probably not, really... not not ever because yeah. they haven't got anything now. <laughs> so yeah. They yeah. can't give you stuff they haven't got. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. You know, it's this whole thing of debts that can't be paid won't be paid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So going back to you during lockdown, mm. so were you kind of furloughed straight away or were you just like, don't come into the office and then you just got up and did the same thing day to day? And were you able to separate that quite well? Or have you worked from home before? Like, did it make a, any noticeable difference to you? Yeah. I mean, to, to me personally, I, I wasn't furloughed uh, and, and obviously neither were the firefighters. Mm. We still need firefighters. Uh, so it's, nobody were furloughed. Um, no operational side, the, the, um, the non-operational, the sports staff, some of those might be, I, I, I was, um, I was just expected to carry on doing my union duties from home and then something called Zoom or something and teams or something came in, uh, into fruition. Uh, and, uh, it, it, uh, although it was quite exciting, there's no one this fun, uh, and it, you know, it brings us carbon footprint right down. 
it soon started wearing a bit thin. And, yeah. Um, firefighters uh, and, and FBU members uh, like to have a say. And if February, as you know yourself, you, you've done these thousands of times now, if everybody's having you say, you can't really hear anybody. Um, so we need that element of discipline. Mm. So, uh, so we started doing a lot of our, our meetings, our committee meetings, uh, North Yorkshire, South Yorkshire, Umberside and West Yorkshire via, via, uh, teams initially. Um, uh, and, and it were okay. Um, it, it will never replace face-to-face meetings. Mm. Never. Uh, it has got a future and and we use it uh, quite well when we do need a our chat about a particular issue. Any more than that, or any wider than sort of four or five of us, it, it doesn't really work. Mm. Um, so we 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 embraced that, uh, uh, and it worked okay to a certain degree. It, it was more about information sharing uh, rather than a any sort of meaningful debate about particular issues which made it difficult for us as well to talk to our members on fire stations. The, the, the brigades, uh, in the region were particularly, uh, reluctant to have our intrusion in this form. Uh, they're more than happy for, for, for me or another official to go and speak to firefighters directly. And um, but, uh, they, they, they got a bit jittery about, about technology so our 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 campaigning work slipped badly uh, mm. we we, we cancelled annual conference in um in 2020 and 2021 and we've already just had this conference now uh, and, and our, our effectiveness of, of getting the message across about pay pensions global warming what's happening with covid Everything suffered. Mm. It really did. Me working from home, I'm I'm a people person as well. You know, I think we all are. Mm. Um, we we can have enough of people. Yeah, you know, and quite quickly. But we do need that interaction. And I I I saw a decline. Uh, not only that, I stopped going to the gym. Uh, mm. So you know, I weren't getting that endorphin from that. Mm. Um, and it, and it was, it was, it was difficult for me personally, because mm. I like to be in amongst different people. Yeah. And out doing stuff and yeah. 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 And, I, and I like to, I like to keep fit and, and, and one thing else. So there is a balance uh, and I've, I've, I've told my gaffer, uh, that I will be working from home, um, probably at least two, two days, maybe three days a week. Mm. Uh, and he's, he's more than comfortable with that. Mm. Uh, and I think that balance will work really, really well going forward as well for, for, you know, the union official that follows mm. on from me. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was awkward and I recognized signs that I didn't like the look of Simon to be honest with you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do the change question first, I think. So this question, so initially I was kind of, what do you like about work? And then I'm like, what do you dislike? But I didn't like the framing of that. 
So I found this American union organizer called Jane McAlevey. Um, I was watching some stuff that she was in and she was talking about, she'd go into places and sort of ask, okay, so if you could change any three things about your work right now, what would they be? And I just thought that was a really nice question. So that, that is my question to you. What, if there was any three things you could change about your work right now, what would they be? The biggest change for me, uh, and again, it's difficult this because I have no influence over this change that I'm about to say, hmm. but the biggest one would be members' expectations. Firefighters, we're not, firefighters work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. However, a full-time union official shouldn't be taking a phone call at 10 o'clock at night that mm. can really wait till nine o'clock the following morning. Mm. Yeah. Okay. If you've been to an incident and you've turned the fire engine over and the police have arrested you and you need support by the union, get that. Mm. Grab 12 tower, four o'clock in the morning, everything's going badly wrong really quickly get that as well. Mm. If you've put a, a leave request in for three weeks on Saturday and you've had it refused, folded me on Saturday afternoon at four o'clock, I'm going to be a bit annoyed, you know, <laughs> when, it, when it can wait till Monday. <laughs> um, so I, I, th I think that's, that's, that's the main thing. Uh, and again, I think all these things are probably now that I'm thinking about it, I'm, I've got no real influence over it all. So managing <laughs> members' expectation. Uh, the second thing yeah, I think I would look for is just a bit of consistency, a little bit of stability, a little, a bit of a leveling. Yeah, just, just for a while. Yeah, I've been in the service now 25 years. And it's been a constant flux of change. Mm. Station closures, changes to start finish time, um, uh, attacks on pension. I mean, the fire service in, 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 in my time, we've had the pension change from when I joined to the 2006 scheme, and then it was changed to the 2015 scheme, mm. and it's changed to the 22 scheme. So we've had... We've had three changes of, of pension schemes in 25 years. The, the, the constant reforming our fire and rescue service. There must have been a dozen papers in the last 10 years about how to reform mm. the fire service. We are constantly, uh, and I get that, you know, we are a, we are a public sector body. You, you pay my wages yeah but there's there's a there's a tendency because it's it's like they a bureaucracy has to produce papers you know <laughs> it's kind of like well i've come into this new job and i'm doing this job now so now i need to write a load of papers and it's like really do you do we have to read them really do we you're going to change them next year anyway <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah I, I get it. I, 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 I get yeah, but it's a pain because it's like you don't know what you're doing. It's like, can we just do our job? Like, why? Yeah, yeah, no. Can, yeah, can you just leave us alone just for a period of 
two years. Um, we, the, there was a, there was a survey, uh, the West Yorkshire Fire Service um, carried out a survey by a a, a third a, a third party company that that came in, and, and it were anonymous. And the the overwhelming uh, response, I think, it was over seventy percent said it was the uncertainty of the job that mm. that that made them anxious. What what am I going to be doing? Expected to be doing next week. Mm. Uh, and again, the course is an element to that. We're a firefighter. We, we're emergency service. We don't know what we're going to get turned out from one minute to the next. Mm. But the elements that we can control, I, you know, um, you leave, for instance. Mm. It, it, you know, you can't have the second week in August off because mm. a lot of people have got that week off. But you can have the first week in August. Mm. Oh, great, you know. Those are elements that we can control, uh, we don't seem to we don't seem to be able to control them very well, and that has that negative mental impact on on, on people. We uh, is my pension going to be safe? What's my pay rise going to be like next year? Am I expected to attend a, a terrorist incident? And if I am, am I insured by my yeah, insurance? Yeah, yeah, because you know, my insurer is saying I'm not. You know, it's yeah, not yeah. My role. You, if you die. You you're not getting your mortgage paid, and yeah. so there is so much uncertainty about the road that uh, if we could just level that out and mm. just have a period of stability mm. for everybody to stop spinning the plates, that 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 would be um, that would be immense. From a uh, a, a more selfish point of view. I I would want more active uh, firefighters. Firefighters, um, like everybody in society, moan a lot. Unbelievable about our pay, uh, how much diesel's costing, uh, the green zone in Bradford, uh, how much it cost me to get across on the bridge. but then when I say, right, we're having a demonstration on June 18th in London and we, we can get you some free train tickets. We're, we're going to put a coach on. We are mm. a coach for four hours. We can get you to Leeds and get you to King's Cross in two hours. Mm. Do you want to go? Uh, Saturday, isn't it? Uh, no. no. So what I would want, you know, from a, uh, from a selfish point of view, is more politically engaged members. See, rather than just saying how bad everything is actually get up and, and do something about it and, and make the change yourself mm. I, I i agree with you i also kind of agree with them as well in that you know i can see the sort of will it do anythingness of it so yeah i mean it's it's always like you know you go on a protest and you're on the protest and it's like yes i've showed up we're here and then you're kind of like hmm yeah, and again, but even if it's, even if you just feel part of something. You're there with other people and you know at least that there's, there's these other people that agree with you and you've shown up and, you know, you're there being visible. Yeah, the, 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 the march against the Iraq war, a million people, those million people will remember that moment for the rest of their lives. Mm. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be some of them that will be quite bitter about, mm. uh, it never changed a thing. No. Um, but they 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 will remember that moment and, and i mean I, I never attended uh the 
the poll tax demonstration mm. uh, in London, but uh, I don't know how people who did. Mm. Uh, and that, that did make a change. I know it was uh, a riot, mm. for, for want of a better word, and it got pretty nasty pretty quickly. But there's uh, reasons for that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's what happens when people aren't listened to, you know. Yeah. You have to listen yeah. to people. And people have to be empowered as well. And if they don't, you know, like they have to have a certain level of their own power and a certain level of their own buy-in to the society. And you can't do that if the society is pushing you out. Mm. Yeah. No, I, 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 like I said, I did my own small demonstration in 84. Uh, you know, it didn't have any impact on, 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 on the GDP of the UK, mm. me not going to school, but it was me saying, you know what, I, I'm done with you. Uh, you know, you, you don't think anything of me or my dad or my two uncles or, or the village that I live in. And, and it's still decimated to this day. Yeah, I, I, I go back there quite often. I have family still living in that pit village. Uh, and it closed in 96. Uh, so it's been closed 26 years. Uh, and it, it's not recovered at all. The shop's still empty on the, on the front. Um, and again, they are, I think it's part of a, a wider issue and a wider debate about why your local green grocers and your, your butchers is closed, but certainly closing a pit that employed 400 local men and women, uh, contributed to that. Uh, and, uh, and still, if that pit was still open now, and again, this wider conversation we talked about green stuff, and I know you want to talk about green issues, um, but if that pit was still open. Uh, that community would have been in a lot better position than what it is now. Equally, though, if the people had been, you know, sort of reskilled, retrained, yeah, you know, if it had been, you know, what they like to call a just transition now, it's this just, yeah, well, we, we don't care now, tough, whatever. Yeah. yeah, but I have to move. Well, we don't care. Yeah, but my entire family's here. Yeah, but we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, the, the, the pits did a good job, um, produced a, a lot of coal, a lot of coke. We got a, a lot of steel produced. We, we, we manufactured a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, but suddenly we decided we didn't need steel anymore. We don't need coal. Um, we're looking for, uh, we can, we can buy coal cheaper from abroad. Um, yeah, it, it costs too much to get out the, um, the, Carbon capture of coal is too complicated. We haven't got that technology. You know, we couldn't pump it into the uh, empty gas voids in, in, in the North Sea, yada, yada, yada. It was just, it was just a decimation of, of mm. the working class areas. And yeah, well, that's, so that's exactly what it was intended to be. Yeah. It was just a straightforward attack. If there was a universal basic income, let, let's go from that. I mean, would you still be doing what you're doing now? I get the impression you would. Um, would you perhaps use it to do less hours or, you know, what, how would it change your work? Do you think, would it change this at all? Or would you take the opportunity to go have a couple of years off and do something else for a bit? Like how would it change things for you? Yeah. I mean, and it, it, it's as with most socialist ideas, they're so simple. I mean, just unbelievably simple ideas. You know, just anybody can understand it straight away. So having a 
have any have any income that you could do everything you want to do. Oh, not everything you want to do, but everything you need to do. Pay your bills, yeah. Yeah. So everything everything you need to do and perhaps some of the things you want to do. If you had a, a basic income of that, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you vote for it? And so it, it it baffles me to this day why that isn't a good idea for, for, for the, uh, the the working classes, uh, unfortunately. Why they wouldn't embrace that? Would it have any impact on what I did or do? No, I, it wouldn't. No, I would still... Um, I would still pick the phone up at 10 o'clock on a Friday night and, and answer a question about why you can't have two weeks on Saturday off. And, <laughs> yeah, that, you know, and then I'd moan about it to people like you. They need to take a look at themselves. Um, yeah, I, I could I could certainly see the benefits of having that work life balance shifted more in favor of of life. Mm. Um but I, I think the struggle within within our sector demands effort. It, it really does. I mean well, check for instance, we have just we have just had conference, I've just said that we've just had conference and I'm a full time union official. Part of my wage is paid by the union, part of it is paid by West Yorkshire Fan and Rescue. And a conference has decided, and I'm glad they have, they have decided that I can't work, second, I can't have a secondary employment. Yeah. I never have. Yeah. Uh, I've been always old fashioned in that view about one man, one job. Mm. Um, but uh, again, that works if you had a basic income that one man could survive on that one mm. job. Mm. Perhaps ironic that we've just had conference and we've just moved that and we've just talked about that now. So I can understand why some firefighters go and clean windows on their days off. I, I, I can. I'm not an advocator of it um, and, and I wouldn't do it. And mm. that, that goes back to when I joined in 97, I went onto station, blew watch at Stanks. The first question they asked, oh, hey, mate, what's your name, Dave? What did you do before? Oh, I'm a joiner. Oh, I've got lots of work for you to do. Said, what did it mean? <laughs> I said, oh, can, can we do this? I'll pay you. Um, no, mate. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not a joiner anymore. I'm a firefighter. Well, what are you going to do on your four days off? Uh, hello. <laughs> Gonna have it off, <laughs> and, 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 and they, oh, really? Okay, I don't quite understand that, but you know. So, some will always argue, uh, and and have done, and did do at conference, by the way, uh, that as a as a full time union official, um, it's it's my right to you know work on the bar at, from six o'clock till midnight uh, if it doesn't impact on, on my um, on my day to day or it's my right to uh, write a book um, mm. on weekends or, or or drive a taxi or, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah it's up to me yeah yeah uh, but but I'm, I'm I'm not of that opinion well I, I mean there, there is a there's a reason 
reasonable argument there in terms of like the amount of work that you're doing. And like, we know that if you work over a certain amount of hours, productivity falls and you work in an area that's specifically safety, um, you know, so you need to have your wits about you. Are you, you need to be fully resourced. You need to not be stressed out, not tired, not, not that you need to be in the most perfect Zen position all the time, but like the, the less things that are on your mind to worry about are the less things that could potentially go wrong. Yes. Uh, and again, the, we, we, we go back to the work-life balance and the universal basic income. Um, I think is it Ireland where the, where they work a four day week and you know they're trialing it. In yeah, there's a few places trialing it. Yeah. yeah. So um, and I think this I think there's a, a small sector in in this country somewhere. I think there's four thousand volunteers or something. Perhaps doing something. Was it one of the big tech ones said they were going to do it? Mind you, they say a lot of things. I mean, they're like governments now, aren't they? They just say things all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we said a thing today. Yeah. We've said another thing. Here's another yeah. thing we've said. All right. What are you doing? Oh, awful yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. are we great now? Buy our products. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I think the one good thing that has come out of COVID is that people have woken up to the fact that perhaps we are becoming a slave to the state. It almost, it is cheesy, is that sentence? And it, it sounds a bit radical, but... Yeah, but this is the thing, it's it, it's creeping, is the thing. It's like, because things have changed, like, they've changed fast, but they've also changed slowly. And it's, it's sort of, there's this mode where we kind of have to present things as everything's fine, but everything's not fine. Mm. Like, I mean, you just look around the edges and it's kind of, oh, look, you know, India and Pakistan are 50 degrees centigrade or, you know, flash droughts here or floods somewhere else. Like, it's not fine. Yeah. The politics looks normal as well. But, you know, you think of 2015, 2017, like, you know, you think of the news media and the news cycles and the levels of hysteria and the things that people are hysterical about. And then the social unrest that's all over the place and the lockdown, the lockdown was not a normal thing. I mean, at one point there was like 2 billion people locked down at the same time. That's not, these aren't normal experiences. They're not every day, but they are every day because, you know, you, you get up and you, you go and do your job the same as you do every day. Mostly. So it, yeah, it's, it's not, I, I don't think it's a normal time. No, no. And I, I, I keep, I keep on, I just keep on thinking. I think it was my, it, uh, it was either the comedian Mark Steele or the comedian Mark Thomas. One, one of them was talking about, um, it, it, they'd been on the tube and he, he was seeing people, you know, opening up the laptops and sending emails and, or doing it on the phone. Mm-hmm. And he says, it's just bizarre. Even the Victorians didn't carry the cotton mill Okay. And, and the cotton lungs to work, doing the cotton before they got to work. So stop doing it. And, mm. and, and, and that's, I get technology can be a wonderful labor saving device, but you've got to put that down and you've got to say, right, I'm at home now. This is, this is, this is my, my relaxing, you know, eight hours for work eight hours for leisure and eight hours for rest. 
it's simple as that, you know, and we'll give you a, a living wage that, or a universal uh, uh, basic income, and, and you can take your kids to Maganluff for two weeks in, in, in August, if you want, you know, uh, and you can buy them the, the rocking horse that they've been wanting for the last nine months for Christmas. It, it, it really is that simple. Uh, and again, I think, I think the thing with the with the media is they they will constantly drip feed back that you need to go into office, you need to buy your Starbucks, you you know you, you need to buy your your subway at lunch, you need to go for a pint after after work, you need to get on that tram train, you know because the the world will collapse. Well, it, it never, you know, we just had. Pretty much two years of it. Odd. Yeah, it just did, and we're still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and what was it announced? I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday. There are now more vacancies than there are unemployed people. Mm. Um, so, and I get, you know, I, I get that the, the figures can be be fudged. And are you really employed if you're working for mm. Deliveroo? Um, or, or, so, but. Really? So mm. just look at your life, you know, and, and a lot of people, a lot of the elderly sort of left work and, and had no desire to, to return. Um, uh, you know, and, and some younger family members, um, or, well, some young young parents uh, have, have decided that actually setting up to office for half past six and leaving little Johnny in the care of preschool, nursery, isn't a good idea. Mm. So... Uh, we've just got to maintain that mentality and, uh, and I think that will help the world become a better place, I think. Mm. So let's do climate change then. Sure. Um, so, and I want to, I, I don't know if this will come naturally to you. So the question is basically, yeah, how your work addresses climate change and like if you can do anything in your work sort of on the day to day to kind of, adapt, mitigate, or, um, you know, sort of decrease your carbon, those kind of things. I'm also using climate changes sort of, uh, you know, to represent the widest sort of green agenda. Um, but also, yeah, with that firefighting background, just the level of fires, the increase in the level of fires, um, what that will mean. And then also, um, if you could just speak a little bit on fire engines and just you know driving to fight a fire which is here on the world that creates more fires so yeah over to you yeah um okay well um, let's start with the easy one first fire engines well they about nine and a half ton maybe more than that um probably returning around about I would say no more than ten miles to a gallon. Might be, might be a bit more. Might get fifteen miles to a gallon at the most. Do they carry? Do they carry water as well, or is that all purely from the hydrants? Yeah, no, they they, they carry um, a ton of water. One, one, yeah. one metric, um, one metric ton. So uh, uh, yeah, I, I, it don't last long, but yeah, it yeah. That initial. Um, it gives you that initial... Uh, well, you can it, crack on straight away then, can't you? Yeah. It's got the pressure. So, it, 
Yeah. So it, it's, uh, I think there are um, the average fire engine is about nine and a half ton, might be a bit more. Um, I might return 10 to 15 miles per gallon. Uh, you think about a firefighter's day might be going to a school visit that's three or four miles away in the morning, then come back, uh, then they might do some training where the fire engine's actually running to, to pump the water. Um, uh, and then in the afternoon, they might be visiting three or four uh, properties and a factory. So in a, in a day shift, um, they would probably use three, four, five gallon of diesel, not attending any fires. Yeah. That really needs to be looked at for me. Um, is it necessary for a fire engine to wait and uh, Mrs. Miggins five mile down the road yeah, to yeah. Or a smoke detector? No, yeah. not in. It, 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 it's not. It's not necessary. So, so there are there are elements there that certainly need looking at. There, the capacity to have an electric fire engine is just not there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they haven't even got sorted electric trucks yet, have they? No, they, they no. can't nail it. Yeah, the transit the transit vans that they're struggling with the transit van mm. alone, uh, a, a central fire engine. Um, so, so there is really no alternative. So what we've got to do is is reduce our our carbon footprint by by reducing unnecessary journeys for me. So so that's the the, the one thing. The the second thing about the service and what they're doing to uh, to offset the the carbon. Not a lot, I'm afraid. Some stations capture rainfall for uh, for training purposes, mm-hmm. so we're not using fresh water out of the hydrant. Um, some stations have limited solar panels uh, fitted. Um, some stations have uh, automatic lights that, that come and and, and switch off because we can't trust a firefighter to turn a, a light off when they leave when they leave a room. So it's very very sporadic. There are well, the fire authority have agreed to spend over twenty million pound on a new fire service headquarters at Birkinshaw. Um, on good authority, that almost a million pound of it will be spent on concrete to fill up shafts. It, the, the fire city headquarters is it's built on a bit of a ropey, ropey place. Um, so instead of just moving the entire headquarters to a brownfield, sorry, mm. where it might be a bit more um, economically viable, they're spending a million pounds shoving concrete into holes. Uh, just phenomenal. So um, it's very um, Keynesian. Yeah, pay people to dig holes and fill it in again. <laughs> just, just awful, mate. Really, really. And again, this is where we're going back to value for money. Um, you've just got to say that's wrong. Mm. I mean, wasting put put your concrete in holes is wrong anyway. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know the the energy used to get that concrete mm. into those holes is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal, but especially if you don't need to do it. Yeah, there's a 
fire service headquarters there already. Mm. Just redevelop that site. Mm. Or if you can't redevelop. Oh, buy a new building. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, not like new, new building, but like there's, there's, there's buildings around that, are, you know, there's office space. Yeah. Especially now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's just, I, I could probably find <laughs> 20 sites that have, uh, that have had a, a, a derelict building on it uh, that would easily do a course, but, but where we are, where we are. So the fire service and reducing their carbon footprint is, poor at best um, and just rank bad at, at worst. But that has to come from, because you're, you know, you're a public service, your emergency service, um, it has to come through policy though, doesn't it? It has to be like, okay, well, so the fire brigade has to do this by, you know, X by X. And if that was there, it would happen, but it's not there. So it's not going to happen. And there's only so much you can do in terms of like from the ground up kind of Oh, can we do this? Can we put some solar panels on? No, yes, you know, like no. yeah. Uh, West Yorkshire are currently building new stations. I think at I think Keithley are getting one. I think Huddersfield are going to get one, um, and I think Halifax are going to get new stations. So the, the, there are lots of um, opportunities to 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 reduce the carbon footprint in, in West Yorkshire. Um, global warming. Uh, on the on the wider scale, I think we've seen it in West Yorkshire over the last uh, three or four years, particularly, um, and South Yorkshire for that matter. Flash flooding is phenomenal, uh, certainly in the Calder Valley, Tommyden, Mytheroid, constantly uh, seem to be under two two or three feet of of water, mm. um, and they've they've Again, rather than rather than just making flood barriers to prevent it from flooding, dump something on the tops to stop mm. it from just rushing straight through. I don't know, perhaps plant some trees or something. Mm. Uh, you know, that will perhaps the sun well, and also and also like you know, future planet as well because it's like well, don't don't plan for that thing that just happened. Plan for the next thing that's going to be bigger. And you know the ones after it. Yeah, we we yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's it's not a, it's not a binary choice. You can either have a, a better flood defence, or you can have some trees um, of Pennines. Mm-hmm. No, mate. You know, stick us a better flood defence and get those trees planted and established now. So mm-hmm. that in ten years, mm-hmm. when we're getting more and more flash flooding, mm-hmm. less and less rain, it runs straight off at off at Pennines straight through our, 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 our valley. Um, but we've seen, we have, we have seen that in, 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 in Calder Valley. We've also seen it in Sheffield, uh, and Doncaster, um, uh, flash flooding is a real, um, a real problem, a real problem. Hmm. We, we also saw probably around about, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago, a dam almost bursting in, in a in a village near Derbyshire. Mm. Uh, and again, okay, fair enough, you know, uh, dams might burst, uh, but they shouldn't be bursting because the capacity is in August, uh, which mm-hmm. it was, or it mm. was certainly in, in the summer months. Mm. Um, phenomenal, you know, why this dam was under so much pressure when when we shouldn't be having any, well, little rain. 
Mm. Um, and again, the, the questions are not asked about, don't you think this is a bit unusual that we've got mm. bursting dams in, in August? Um, yeah, and you, I bet you're getting less snowfall as well on, on the Pennines now. So that snowfall's yeah. turning to rainfall. So that that's not, you know, because that would, it'd be snowfall, it'd stay cold, it would melt gradually rather than all at once. So now it's just going to be all at once all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never even I never even thought about that frozen water stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, on the flip side, and I know you touched on it, is is the uh, the fires, the the Moreland fires, particularly. And again, it might have been about two or three years ago, we were having on on Mars and Moa, we were having yeah. fires in in January, February, mm. and you're thinking, what the hell's going on? Yeah, <laughs> this is this is right about winter. Mm. When everything should be absolutely sodden, and we're having more than fires. That firefighters are spending two or three days up there uh, trying to to um, contain. So um, this, uh, the, uh, and again, firefighters are are at the forefront of this. They're seeing it on mm. a on a yearly basis, mm. uh, and and I'm seeing it quite, increase. Yeah, but they're not mm. quite joining the dots up. Uh, mm. you, they just they just say, "Oh God, we're going to run master more all night with with a beta trying to." Because it's it. slow. People don't we we don't seem to think back. You know, it's it's like, oh, everything's changed, but I haven't noticed. <laughs> it's like, well, hang on, where were we? Where are we now? Um, but there's so many distractions, and there's so many things to think about and worry about, and yeah, it's it's hard to pay attention to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I get, I get that. Right? But we have we have got to prioritize. Oh yeah, what is a, a, an issue for yeah. us? Uh, and if we are serious about any sort of life for our for our children and this and this for us, for us, yeah, well, for us. They, I, I mean, it's always this deferral to the future. That this is this is our lives now. Like mm-hmm. this, this is probably going to be the cause of our deaths. Yeah, like this, this, this is happening right now. Yeah, it's not off into the future. Like we've had that. We've had thirty years of it happening in the future. The future's here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a that's a fair point. There's some real in-depth arguments and, and discussions that we perhaps need to have. We uh, with some of our old members around. What are we going to do? Uh, as a union, what are we going to do about this issue? Because are you going to fight a lot more fires? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and attending a lot more floods. Yeah, 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 and yeah. and more risk. You know, because every one of those events that you're going to, that's more risk for you guys as well. Yeah, more risk of injury, more risk of everything. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's and um, with and probably with less pay as well. To be honest, because they'll still be cutting everything. Yeah. You know, so it'd be less pay, less resources, more risk and more work. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... That's, that's, that's been the trend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's where we go back to where we were saying that the, the role of the firefighter has just changed exponentially. We have, there, is, there is no statutory provision for us to attend flooding incidents. Mm. We don't have to go. Mm. It, it's not part of our role. Mm. We, de- we get no additional funding for it. When I say we, the fire service, the chief, uh, however, 
the chief in West Yorkshire particularly has got two or three powered boats. He's got mm. half a dozen uh, uh, paddle boats. He's got uh, three or four water-specific train stations that, that deal with these incidents. Um, there are uh, um, life jackets and buoyancy aids and all sorts of stuff on every pump. Vast amounts of money are spent on water rescue that that there is no statutory provision for in this country, in England. Mm. Anyway, in Scotland, there is. The Scottish government have said that, uh, you know, I've recognised that there is a statutory requirement for firefighters to attend water rescue incidents and have paid them accordingly and given mm. extra money for, for training and equipment. I was going to say, England. is that the issue? <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, but it, it, it's... But we keep just doing it. It's that constant drip feed. It's it's not just this, good just, enough. Just a lot. It's it's just not good enough. Is it no. like we, we no. can't keep half assing everything? Yeah, because we just can't. Things are gonna get really real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's something that it, it is it's gonna snap, um, and I don't know what it is, um, but. We we just can't keep going in, in this, this direction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so staying on happy subjects, Brexit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't think it will have, but it'll be interesting to find out. Has Brexit affected your work at all? Um, I suppose you might have had staff leaving. Um, but yeah, has there been any noticeable noticeable change in what you do and how you're working from Brexit? In a nutshell, no, no, there's, there's been the, the only impact, well, the union, the union felt it massively. It was so divisive, so divisive. It, yeah. it was just unreal. Uh, I have never, I can only imagine that that's what Scotland faced with their referendum, yeah. with their independence referendum. I've never felt anything like it. In my lifetime, the the the, the referendum, um, the union's position was to remain. That's what we advised our members to vote. Uh, we saw that there were more benefits being inside the EU and the the single market than than there were negatives. Um, we had a few members who, believe it or not, uh, commuted, lived in France, mm. worked for London Fire and Rescue. Um, and I don't know what the impact has been on that, not being much of a follow up, but the impact to the service as a whole has, has, has been negligible. We, we don't, we don't source any, uh, equipment or anything. Uh, a lot of our, our PPE, um, is, is it British, uh, manufactured, our appliances, uh, are, well, they're not, they're, they're the Volvo's, um, but uh, the, the no, so there hasn't been any impact. Some of our, our cutting equipment is, I think it might be Swedish. Mm. Uh, that's a, a firm called Clan Lucas. Um, but the, the the impact to our service from from Brexit has, has been negligible. Mm. The biggest thing was that. Just firefighters falling out. Yeah, just everyone arguing. <laughs> yeah, just 
phenomenal, really. It was, uh, yeah, we're, and we're still, we're still find ourselves in the situation we are now, six years on, I've been, I've been made the bowl. It's, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's been a, it's been a negative impact all, all, all around, but, uh, mm. regarding providing a service, no, there's been no, no real change at all. Mm. So, uh, have I got any happy questions? <laughs> <laughs> so we've done, we've done the UBI, we've done climate change, we've done COVID, uh, social media, not necessarily a happy question, but maybe it is. Um, yeah. so uh, my question is to see, you know, social media has a creep. We still call it social media. Um, yeah. and <laughs> many of us are using it for work and yeah. for most of our work and to get most of our work through social media and so on. Um, what relationship do you have it with it work-wise? Do you have to do social media work for work? Um, do you get information from it? Do you use it to kind of organize? Like how did, how, how do you use it? And do you feel that it, it's useful enough? Um, so in terms of the amount of time you spend on it, is that return of investment on the time worth it in terms of the value that comes back for you. Sorry to use all these marketing terms. <laughs> no, no, I, know, I, know, I know where you're going. Yeah, I, as a as a as a union official, um, I don't I don't I don't use it at all. I'm <laughs> such a luddite. It's unbelievable. Um, uh, it's it, it's um, I use it in my, my my private life, but as a union official, no. The 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 problem. It's not a problem. It, we we can manage it. I get that, um, but it, it it's it has been used uh, certainly in our region as a tool to dismiss firefighters. Mm. Uh, so they've been on their private social uh, media sites. Well, it, Just it, done, yeah, face doing their own on, thing. Yeah, they're on Facebook doing their own thing, making a a comment. Uh, which resulted in in follow uh, members in South Yorkshire being dismissed. Um, so, for for our sector, uh, being such a um, the, the fire service opens doors like no other service can. Mm. You know, you tell anybody you're a firefighter, they pretty much think you're God, mm. and yeah. what you say is gospel. Um, and the the chief and principal officers and the fire authority want to protect that brand at all costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is your most valuable asset. It's like, you know, the police obviously have their own public relations issues. <laughs> and medical staff, you know, like they, they get a lot of grief that I think, you know, it, it's blaming the system, but not, yeah, not blaming them. But you guys are kind of like, Hey, they've put the fire out and they've saved the cat. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're the goodies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're back to the cup of tea now. Yay. We'll, we'll bring them some biscuits in a minute. <laughs> yeah. And, and I get that. And it is, it is a, it is a brand that's taken a while to build. You know, that, yeah, obviously it was, it was, uh, it, it was sent into, into the stratosphere during Second World War. You know, the heroics that, that those firefighters did um, to 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 try and uh, safeguard the, the country and, and the people of it. it was just phenomenal. And and 
there still are. I don't like the word hero because it, it's mm. too commonly used. Everybody's a hero now, and uh, and it it, it 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 annoys me. And I don't even class myself a hero. As an operational firefighter that saved many people, many mm. um, we're just doing his job. But but we 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 are there's this sort of uh, around around the fire city. So to protect that at all costs is is paramount. And they will sack people without even blinking mm. if they deem you are are, are, are breaching um, that branding. So I, I try to avoid I try to avoid it because I don't I don't I, I did it as a brigade official in West Yorkshire, and the engagement with the the members was was around fifty percent. I had about five hundred followers in, in West Yorkshire. Um, but the vast majority, over over two thousand other followers, were uh, activists from uh, either trades councils or other union reps who I'd met, or mm. even just you know even just anarchists, it, it, it just interested in what I, what I had to say. Mm. Um, but it, it led members to get into arguments that they knew very little about against yeah. people that yeah. knew what they were talking about. Yeah, yeah. In a public sphere, yeah, and so I took the decision to, to 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 close it down rather than managing the site, which I haven't got the capacity to do. Yeah, um, I took the decision to close it down to, yeah. and, and it was it was upsetting for a lot of people because with their direct link mm. with me as brigade secretary, um, and I I was a bit annoyed about closing it down because of the fact that it was. It, it was great. Get that message yeah, across. Yeah. So hundreds of people instantly, and they can respond instantly. But the the cost just head office use it uh, and use it to some effect uh, with a very good national officer that does uh, interviews with with the general secretary and, and other national officers, and he's he's very uh, camera savvy. Mm. Uh, uh, very eloquent, mm. um, but the, the so few views on YouTube. It, it just awful when you 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 see him interviewing the general secretary about national his, his national pension campaign, mm. where it should have at least thirty thousand views because we've thirty three thousand members, and it's less than a thousand. And you think mm. something's something's not happening. Mm. So we. We try. Um, I've tried. There are absolutely massive benefits if everybody just adheres to the rules a little bit. And, and again, perhaps I, I could have been more robust in managing it. And I know I understand that you could set it up so it's just information sharing only. And there's there's no engagement from members. Um, but it takes a lot of time and work, like you said. Yeah. And, and if you don't know your way around it, you have to spend a lot of time, you know, but, uh, and it is a matter of getting things right. Like I was speaking to someone yesterday and, you know, she works in social media and she's like, it is a matter of getting things wrong and sort of making tiny adjustments all the time. And you do kind of need someone that's, you either need to have a lot of time to train in it and keep practicing and, and have that capacity to do it depending on what you want to achieve, I suppose. But it's, it's like, it's another thing that you have to do that's like can go terribly wrong. So I can see your aversion. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, it's, there is definitely a need for it. Um, mm. And again, it's this in, this in modern technology, this, this has been around for, for a while now. Uh, well, I say modern technology, it pretty much is. And um, I can't remember, I think it, I think I just joined Fire Service in 97 when we first started going on, on, on the internet, mm. on internet. So it, it is quite uh, new, but it is developing at such a pace now, like I said, unless you've got uh, the capacity and resources to, to, to engage with it properly, you're never going to get, I mean, crikey, uh, what's it? It's an iPhone 5, I think, and uh, I send text messages. I check WhatsApp occasionally, and that's it. And uh, there's more technology in it than when the man went to moan, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy an outlaw. <laughs> at all. Um, I can play Space Invaders and send out texts. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, absolutely. There are incredible um, benefits to be gained, but... You then see the flip side of um, of Donald Trump uh, and, and and the dangers um, of um, irrational thinking uh, and, and 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 Facebook following and Twitter and all the rest of that sort of stuff. And it it just frightens me. It really does. Mm. Yeah, but it, it it's sort of taken taken things to taken the media to hysterical levels. Hey, you know. Um, I mean, could you imagine something like the fall of the Berlin Wall now <laughs> happening with social media? It would be all over social media. And then there'd be loads of people going, oh, that's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, yeah. other, and then there'd be some star commenting on it and then they've made a video. Like the whole thing would move on in five seconds. You know, yeah. by the time you've got the story, there's a, eight million other stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, or a cat, or a cat stuck up a tree by a firefighter. <laughs> What's a silly firefighter for a latter tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, absolutely, and um, I, I don't know where the future lies. I, I, I mean, it's certainly not in print media. We're, mm. we're seeing a decline, thankfully, of 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 that, and it's only a matter of time, I think, before even the most obnoxious editors. Um, lose a job because mm. the owners of these papers are not going to start losing money, not for, not for anybody. Mm. Um, so the, the, the end of the print media is, is certainly nigh, I think. Um, I am worried about national TV organizations, you know, we, we talk, Oriental, but Channel 4 is, is very much under threat the BBC and license fee and all the rest of that sort of stuff. But the BBC, even the BBC, when Corbyn was trying to get elected in, in 2017 and 19, mm. it, it, it seemed biased to the, to the right. It was, it, it was. was. I mean, 2019 was absolutely appalling. Yeah. It was absolutely appalling. Like to anyone who could, like, again, to anyone who could see outside of what they were looking at, you know, to anyone who wasn't just watching the BBC or reading certain papers yeah it's like the stuff that was going on was just appalling yeah but, it, but i mean the fact that the, the country voted in a man who hid in a fridge is yeah 
I mean, yeah. you know, well, and and a known liar, and and yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like from from two jobs for lying. Yeah, uh, like I I retweeted this thing from Have I Got News for You the other day. They had this, they were doing this thing, oh, funny joke about Boris Johnson. I'm like, you gave us him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Thanks. You also gave us Nigel Farage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BBC, but, yeah. not well, yeah. not Have I Got News for You, BBC, but. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and but I will say that one of the greatest things that Question Time did was get Nick Griffin on. Um, it, it, it smashed the BNP. Nick Nick Griffin appearing on Question Time, that was it. That was the end for for, for the BNP. Mm. Farage were a different character altogether, and and again, giving him. Uh, the platform constantly, particularly on Question Time, mm-hmm. was uh, outrageous. He was, but, yeah, he was the most publicised man in the country. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I'm so, still between a rock and a hard place uh, about the BBC. Why? Where would the Tories want to get rid of the license fee? They don't. That's just to keep them in line. How are they going to? How are they going to tell everyone in the country what they want them to know if they don't have the BBC? Mm-hmm. You know, like even Murdoch makes them sort of dance around a little bit, and yeah. <laughs> change their message. <laughs> but but I am sceptical of, of social media as well, especially with the um, Cambridge and Analytica. Analytica, yeah, yeah, and, and, and the work that was done for for the Brexit referendum mm. that frightens you. That mm. yeah, again, and, and it might be my naivety that I'm, I'm frightened by it. Um, but if you if you see that this is absolutely a sustained targeted uh, attack on 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 what how you should be thinking, mm. and you don't actually know it because it's up, up, actually happening subconsciously, mm. that, that that's got to that's got to concern people. Mm. It really is. So I'm I'm yeah I've sort of checked my my um, news from various sources and. And cross-reference it against them all, pretty much. Yeah. You know, um, and, and yeah, apart from Boris Johnson, because if you told me it was twenty to twelve, I'd phone up the talking clock. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> everything. Yeah, oh, he's lying because his his mouth's moving. Mm. So yeah, the social media. You know, someone's asked him a difficult question because he's hiding in a fridge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, oh my god. <laughs> so deflated after I mean I was I was devastated in 2017 we were so close mm. um, it was unreal but 2019 just absolutely killed it dead for me I, I just and then you got 2020 <laughs> yeah, yeah but I mean we're at half term point now with general action in two years so um, we'll just that's we'll going to be so it's... hellish, man. It's going to be yeah. so hellish. Yeah. Hey. yeah. I think <laughs> I think one thing that the left are guilty of is, and that's trying to ridicule people into, into, um, yeah, you're stupid to. Yeah, right thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not thinking right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and they've, they've really got to drop that because. These people aren't stupid. They knew what they were voting for. Boris mm. stood on the platform of getting Brexit done. Mm. That's what they wanted. That's what they wanted to. Mm. Um, I don't know what his next platform is going to be. Uh, 
but I don't think it's going to wash anyway with the vast uh, majority of the electorate. So, um, yeah, just enough point there, Simon, a bit. So apologies for that. No, that's fine. I, I encouraged it. What was that last question on? That was the social media oh, question, wasn't it? God, we have really, we really diverged there. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start winding it up now. I, I mean, I'm sure there's more I could ask you and I could probably, I, I should probably go back and get more specific information about specific work stuff, but I think we've got plenty there. And um, yeah, as I say, I'll, I'll, I'll send it back to you. So um, is there any social media stuff or anything that you want to flag up? I mean, um, even if it's just for members or just for the firefighters or for people who want to, like, is there anything you want to promote or anything that people should click on if they want to know more? Um, no, I, 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 I don't think so. Uh, I think um, I'd say I, I'm, I'm incredibly blessed in so much that I've got a, a job that I enjoy. Mm. Um, I'm close to retirement where I will really start enjoying my life altogether. I'm in a a union that is uh, strong and united and has got a good density uh, that fights for equality and fights for pay and, and fair pensions. Um, and, and I'm certainly grateful for having this opportunity to have a chat with you. Uh, and I, I just want to wish wish you and, and all your listeners and watchers um, the very best of uh, health and, and uh, 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 a happy future because mm. times are going to be um, difficult. And I think if we stay united, the working classes particularly, um, we'll, we will be all right. We will. Mm. Well, that's it. It's, it's friends and neighbours. It's a, you know, it's a time to build power and it's time to know people next door because, you know, the people 100 miles down the road can't, might not, and <laughs> probably won't necessarily do anything to help you. So, yeah, it's a stick together sort of time. Yeah, absolutely. Because we are, we are stronger when, when we are united. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, like I said, we talked about the, the referendum and, and you just can't get any more divided than 5248. You know, that is just so the division there was mm. just so overwhelming. And mm. we are six, seven, six years in. There is an, uh, an, an element of, of division still in the community, um, uh, and we've just got to we've just got to we've just got to get united. Um, there's more that unites us than, than absolutely divides us, and that's whether you've come from Syria, Afghanistan, Ukraine, whether you're born in Donny. Um, you know, we have more that unites us, and, and we should never forget that.
Working Hours is presented, edited and recorded by Simon Treen for Western Studios Leeds Limited. The music was The Bees from Chopin's Etudes, which is in the public domain and was taken from museopen.org.